Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Hall, and with me, as always, is my awesome co-host, Patrick Terry. Hello, Patrick. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, how are you, Jeff? I am well. Happy belated Father's Day, I guess. Is that... I guess that's what we're doing, because yeah, it's happy. Monday, and, you right. know, even though we send each other texts, which, you know, we're awesome at that, but... Um, but yeah, man, happy Father's Day. Do anything fun? Just relaxed. I didn't go anywhere. Um, yeah, that made just pretty much a normal weekend for me. Just trying to watch movies to get ready for the podcast, but nothing much. Got a couple of cards, and that's pretty much it. Okay. That's, that's kind of what I, you know, just kind of want to have a relaxing day, and that's pretty much what happened. Cool, man. Uh, I sat in the IHOP parking lot um, for curbside pickup for over, over an hour, so that was awesome. Um, yeah, it should be ready in like 15 minutes or whatever, or you know, like 20, 25 minutes, which I figured was bullshit, but yeah. you know, went to go pick it up anyways, and sure enough, it was not ready. So we waited for an hour, hour and 15. By this time, it's almost lunchtime, so I found yeah. we came to the decision um, to just cancel it, and we just went to McDonald's because there was no line. So that worked. Yeah. Meanwhile, right. dinner time, my wife orders Olive Garden, and then, uh, you know, we learned our lesson now at, between the uh, Mother's Day uh, uh, Cracker Barrel debacle mm-hmm. this year and then IHOP from earlier in the day. So she called ahead of time to be sure that it was actually ready. And I'm like, yeah, it's right here. So right. she went and picked it up. She came back and said, she came back and goes, I don't know what the big deal is, you know, trying to give me yeah. shit. I'm like, you know what? Cool. Um, <laughs> cool. You're in charge of Mother's Day then next year. So you, uh, you can go pick up your own food. Since All the, call, since all the online orders. <laughs> all the online orders, you take care of it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're on You're on. You it. got the good luck. <laughs> yep. So, but no, it was good. We had a good day. Um Good day with the kids and everything, and uh, I got an awesome. Uh, kind of showed it, showed it to you, but it took, I got an awesome gift. Um, I got uh, a signed script of the movie Clue by the entire cast, director, and screenwriter. So that was pretty amazing. And it's not—I mean, it's actual like ink. It's not like photo, not like whatever you call it. Yeah. Now, like someone got a copy and then just printed off their copy with the autographs. It's right. uh, it's legit. It's an authentic, legit. Yep. And right. uh, I actually started reading the script, you know, as if I'd never read any, read it before, have right. seen the movie. But no, I loved it. It was great. Um, I'm probably going to take the cover page off, like out of the brackets, put mm-hmm. it in and then frame it. And I'll probably put it in here in the studio. And then... Um, Put the rest of the script in the binder so it can not get ruined or, you know, all that. Right. So, probably do that. But, but yeah, man, everything's going good otherwise. Um, anything exciting else happen this week for you? Mm. No. Uh, well, I had a follow-up for follow-up eye appointment and... Whatever was going on, my eyes cleared up from the drops that I used. Yeah. And so good. doctor said use them the rest of the week and then stop. And if should anything come back, just let her know and we'll go back and see what's up with it then. Awesome. So, 
Yeah. Vision was better. So whatever it was, was making my vision bad, even with the glasses. So that cleared up and it's a good thing. Cool. Yeah. Cool beans. But, um, yeah, no other, nothing else exciting, really. Okay. Well, Grayson's got recital Friday, so mm-hmm. outdoor recital. So Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're still going to have that. Um, but it's going to be outdoors um, at the owner's parents' house. Yeah. So that way everybody can properly distance and things still have their, you know, recital show and everything. Yeah. So that's, uh, we got that going on this week and really about it. I guess just working and everything else. So, oh yeah, I don't. Um, Regal theaters be opening July tenth. Yes, July tenth theaters so. gonna be opening up. Uh, <laughs> so have your uh, movie mask ready. <laughs> yeah, right. So. I'm probably still gonna give it a, a little bit before going. Same. I still want to catch Tenant in the theater, but I'm gonna give it some time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My hope is that if I see it late enough, <laughs> right, nobody will be there. So I'm just hope nobody else has the same idea. Like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, here's the thing: I'll probably go like Sunday. If I go, I'll probably if I go, I'll probably be like Sunday night at mm-hmm. the late show. Yeah, and then that way, you know, because that is considering they actually have late shows. We'll see if they do that. That's true. That's, yeah, that's a good point, man. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Like, yeah, it'd be cool, but who knows if they're even going to do that. Yeah. Well, and also the Oscars have been delayed till April 24th. It's like late April now, which okay. is good because, I mean, it's not like a whole lot for them to choose from right now. And That's true. If anything, it's so, all on streaming. <laughs> also, it should be in April anyways. Right. <laughs> this just makes better sense. It doesn't need to be. I don't know what the rush is to have it at the very beginning of the year. Yeah, you can have it in March, late March, early April. It makes no sense not to, but whatever. So yeah. I'm, so I'm all for it. I was glad when I saw that. It's like, well, good. They should. That just makes more sense. Yeah. So because yeah. then it'll give people more time to actually see the movies that are being nominated instead of like a week. True. You know, like us <laughs> trying yeah. all these <laughs> right. watched. So no, I, I I agree. So I'm very, I'm very excited for that. Um, I think that's about it. All right, man. We about ready? Dive yeah. in? All right. Uh, yeah. I think, I think I'm first because I think we made Chad go first and then had you go first after that or second. Yeah. So that's how we did it last week. Thanks, All sir. right. So first one. Um, so it's a lot of catching up type of things. So I saw the I finally got to watch the Impractical Jokers, the movie. So, True TV's Impractical Jokers, the movie featuring the Tenderloids. Well, their comedy troupe, I guess. Um, It stars, if you haven't watched Impractical Jokers, it's a a hidden camera, basically prank TV show on TV. Um, Obviously. Um, Between four friends that have been friends for over 25 years now. And they just basically challenge each other to do silly things i mean so they're not pranks necessarily against people as it is against each other right um but they have to use people you know are involved in it so it's a i fell in love with this probably four years three or four years ago um through that's a good way to say this 
I saw it on TV. We'll just say I saw it on TV. Won't say where or how. Okay. <laughs> it was on TV. And um, a co-worker of mine kind of introduced me to it. Best way I could probably wear that. Um, introduced me to it. And uh, and so I saw one where it was just really funny where they were just the, the, the challenge was they were in a grocery store and they had to sneak pencils into people's either pockets or backpacks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they only had a certain amount of area that they can do it like an aisle. Um, right. And as soon as they left the aisle, then that's the game was over. So whoever got the most won, and whoever got the least, or if you got caught, you lost. Okay. So, um, this one, basically they, uh, in the movie, they flash back to 1993, I believe it is, where they basically sneak in to Apollo Abdul concert as security guards. Okay. And then they crash the concert, <laughs> more or less. And then, uh, so fast forward 25 years later, um, you know, it's, they play themselves, you know, as if the show, you know, as part of the show, like they are, you know, it is the show, you know, they're, fil- you know, they're still filming the show. They come across Paul Abdul after filming, uh, you know, they're at Red Lobster and they come and they meet Paul Abdul there. Yeah. And she says, talks about how she's such a big fan of the, of the show and everything, except for season five. She says season five, which is terrible. And, um, then she, uh, so, but she invites them to this party she's having in Miami and, uh, but she only hands them three passes. Mm. So what they have to do is they have to, they decide to basically just do the show. They take a road trip doing the show. They stop at different places and do different challenges. Right. And it's basically, and that's essentially just the setup for the movie. And then they have to, so they do the challenges. So it's basically just set, you know, most movies use set pieces to get the story moving. Right. And they basically use set pieces to do the challenges, just in different cities. Okay. And, um, but then they had, but they mix the show in with actual narrative parts. So fictitious narrative parts. So it... But it sounds confusing, but it it's the way they did it was very fluid. Okay. Um, if you're a fan of the show, you'll love it. I mean, it's just more of the show. Um, if you've never seen the show, you you probably will still like it. I mean, it's still funny. You don't have to have seen the show. It's like you don't. There's not any hidden like jokes in it. Um, any if there is, they actually show the scene. Like they'll show they'll cut to like the previous. You know, they cut to that part. And then um, and put that footage in there, and then right. kind of it's like a flashback, and then they'll go back to it. So, um, and there are a couple of cameos in it, um, which are kind of expected. You know, they're expected cameos, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but no, it's really funny. I actually watched it with Ruth. I mean, we actually watched it together. It's a miracle. We watched a movie together. Um, <laughs> That's actually what we did on Father's Day. <laughs> Grayson watched her videos. We watched that. And uh, she goes, you know what? That was just a lot of fun. I just really enjoyed that. That was just, you know, it's just nothing else to it. It was just fun. I was like, yeah, that's the show we've been watching for five years. Four or five yeah. years. That's the show. So, um, but yeah, I would check it out. I mean, 
even if you're not a huge fan, I would still watch it. I mean, it's still fun. Yeah. I would totally, you know, I would totally recommend it. Um, it's an hour and a half, and it's on Red. It's at Redbox. That's how we watched it. You know, I would have seen it in theaters just to support the, to support the guys. But um, but now it's it's a lot of fun. Um, let's see here. So next, I have. I have a movie I watched on Netflix. I was debating on whether or not I was going to talk about it this week or not, but I think I'm going to going to go ahead and do that. It's called it's a um, because it's kind of different. It's different and it's a romantic kind of a romantic comedy ish. I don't know. It's it's British, so it's kind of hard to <laughs> kind of hard to you know it could just be. It's called Love Wedding Repeat. Apparently no commas, but I put commas in my notes, so I need to take those out. So I remember not to put commas when I update the site. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this movie basically uh, the summary for it's while is that um, while trying to make his sister's wedding day go smoothly, Jack finds himself juggling an angry ex-girlfriend, an uninvited guest with a secret, a misplaced sleep sedative. And the girl that got away in alternate versions of the same day. So basically, it shows you three different versions of what this wedding day could could have gone the way the yeah. yeah yeah you know what I'm saying. Basically, yeah. three different versions of kind of like instead of three in, different endings of the movie Clue, mm-hmm. you get three different versions of this wedding slash wedding part you know re- reception and everything. Okay. So, um, it's uh, it's actually pretty good. Um, I really enjoyed it because it was really kind of different. It's not something I was kind of used. It's not a kind of movie I was used to seeing. Um, it's uh, directed by Dean Craig, who uh, he directed uh, the original, or I'm sorry, he wrote. He was the writer for both versions of Death at a Funeral. So the original in 07 and the newer one in 2010. Um, let's see here. Um, trying to get to the right spot here. He based in, he's only directed two other shorts. So this is his first feature. He's more, more of, uh, of a writer and, um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, but yeah, it's if you like death and the death at a funeral, you'll like love wedding repeat, <laughs> because it is um, it is funny. It stars uh, Sam Claff, Claffin, who was in Charlie's Angels, which the newest Charlie's Angels. Um, he was also in Hunter, the Hunger Games movies. Um, what was that? weird uh he's in peaky blinders tv show and uh adrift that was the one with uh uh woodley and me before you where he plays the guy in the wheelchair and it's a romantic movie that i didn't watch because it didn't interest me but um it also has olivia munn who everybody knows um and that's really about it. Everybody else is kind of because I was looking through these 
actors. And I'm like, I don't reckon, I don't know any of these people. And, uh, there's not a whole lot of names. It's like, those are the two big names, but there's people you feel like you've seen in other things and you probably have. Um, but basically it's about these characters making poor decisions, I guess, during this wedding reception. And, um, during this wedding, which wedding reception and, you know, there's a lot of comedy in it, but you know, it's about trying to make amends with the next. It's about, um, the, one of the other, I believe it's the groom's sister, you know, trying to, um, but yeah, um, trying to basically, make better decisions in her life and everything so it's a lot of fun it's kind of hard to talk about without giving stuff away right um but if you like good romantic comedy or good british comedy this is a good movie um it's a lot of fun but it's a you know it's one of those comedy of error type of things and um i would really recommend i would recommend watching this yeah it was fun i'd watch it again probably um because i'm sure there's stuff in there that i probably didn't catch the first time yeah. And I like the idea of having like alternate versions of what happens just to see, you know, because I was actually thinking this morning when I went to go pick York up was, you know, how f- much fe- like I decided to go on the highway instead of going down this uh, this one road that I normally take to get to his house, which I seem to think is quicker. But I'm almost, you know, I was like, wow, I wish I could. I wish there was a way I could have like an alternate version where I, where I see how long it takes for yeah. both. You know, for both ways to see which one actually would have been quicker. Right. It's like, that would have been pretty awesome. Um, I know ways could probably do something like that, but I, I wasn't about that. <laughs> just <laughs> I, no, I just want to know. I just, you know, have like the little visual, you know, kind of like the Indiana Jones whenever they fly on the map. Yeah. <laughs> with the little red line. You just kind of have that with both routes. Yeah. Yeah. And see which one gets there quicker and then the times. Um, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so and I'm kind of flying through these mainly just because I have like five movies I want to talk about but I don't want to monopolize like most of our time because yeah. um, I have a feeling I'm going to end up going on a rant at some point <laughs> so <laughs> um, eh. yeah it happens Yeah. so the next three technically I guess are going to be me putting my two cents in but I've got three movies to cover um, doing that Um. So Grayson and I uh, watched Spies in Disguise, the uh, animated movie with Will Smith and Tom Holland voicing. I, I don't know why I thought it was Sam Jackson when I <laughs> read it. I, I think I just had Spider-Man, and I thought Spider-Man and Nick Fury, but yeah, um, no, it's uh, it's Spider-Man and, um, and Mike Lowry. <laughs> Crossover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. Spider-Man. Even further from home. Exactly. <laughs> Spider-Man Spring Break. There we go. <laughs> that work. They take what a happened? Spring Break trip to Miami. Right. Meet up with, uh, with the bad boys. Uh, what a team. That actually probably wouldn't be a bad team up either. It'd be funny. You know yeah. it'd be funny. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, for those that don't remember, because it has been a while since you've talked about it, um, Super spy Lance Sterling, played by uh, Will Smith, 
and scientist Walter Beckett, played by Tom Holland, are almost exact opposites. Shocker. <laughs> uh, Lance is smooth, suave, and debonair. Walter is not. <clears throat> but what Walter lacks in social skills, he makes up for in smarts and invention, creating an awesome, creating awesome gadgets uh, Lance uses on his epic missions. But when events take an unexpected turn, Walter and Lance suddenly have to rely on each other in a whole new way. And if this odd couple can't learn to work as a team, the whole world is in peril. Dun, dun, dun. <coughs> so basically, it's about Lance turning into a pigeon. And I learned a lot of pigeon facts in this movie. I'm assuming that they are true. Or else <laughs> they probably wouldn't have put them in there. Right. Um, but it... Uh, no, I, I did enjoy this movie. It's it's so... So I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. This looks dopey. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. Um, but, uh, you know, I was, I was like, well... <coughs> I was writing Practical Jokers for me. I had to rent one, get one frame. So I... Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and... Um, so I want to go get Spies in the Skies. I think Grayson will like that. Because I know York already told me he didn't want to watch it. But yeah. I figured he might like, you know, she might like it. So um, we ended up renting it. And uh, what I enjoyed was how cute, it, I mean, it was cute. Grayson really enjoyed it, you know. And I thought it might be almost, I don't want to say too young for her. Sorry, too old for her. She was too young. There we go. Yeah. Um, as far as like demographic wise. But she really liked it. She only needed help. Um, so the bad guy has played by uh, Ben Mendelsohn, although he looks like um, what's his name, v- Vincent Perez. Uh, he was in like Ocean's Twelve. He's been in a bunch of. This is a villain. The villain's face in the movie looks like Vincent Perez, but it's voiced by Ben Mendelsohn, who was uh, the villain in Ready Player One and also Rogue One. He likes movies that have one in it i guess yeah <laughs> um but he's also in this amazing hbo show up uh called the outsider which is really really good um he's a great character actor i mean he's just amazing anyways he voices the villain and the villain has a robot arm yeah and but he's able to disguise himself even with the but it only disguises his face or his face is the only thing it transforms so his face turns into Will Smith's face. and So she had a hard time trying to figure out why Will Smith was bad, but now he's good and then he's bad again. So, well, I had to explain that to her, but, you know, that he was he was a disguise. Um, yeah. Rashida Jones is in it. Um, she also uh, voices one of the people. And um, DJ Khaled voices a guy named Ears, which I'm, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, uh, and then he's, uh, and then, uh, let's see who else. Oh, Reba McIntyre does a voice kind of threw me off a little bit. And, uh, I think Rachel Brosnahan. Oh, and, uh, who am I thinking? Um, oh, Mark Ronson. What the hell's Mark Ronson doing this movie? The, the musician. Okay. So I was thinking, I think he did music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Uh, Masi Oka is also in it, if you remember Hero from Heroes. Okay. And um, what's her name? Karen? The one that plays um, 
why am I drawing a blank on her name? The one that um, plays the voice of, uh, or does Nebula. Karen Gillan. Thank you. Uh, okay. I, well, I can get that in my head. But she actually uses her Scottish accent, so it really throws you off. Um, anyways, uh, so basically he, Lance takes a drink of this potion in, on accident and turns into a pigeon. So he can still talk, and they're trying to basically find this bad guy that's trying to take this device, you know, because there's always a device. Of course. He moved the device <laughs> some sort that, you know, has to be the uh, the thing that everybody's going after. Yeah. So, and it's about them trying to catch him. Meanwhile, the agency, you know, the spy agency thinks that Will Smith's the villain, but they can't find him because, well, they don't know he's been turned into a pigeon. And then um, they keep thinking because what they do see is the bad guy, you know, using the mat, you know, using the disguise. As, right. As Will Smith. So um, everybody's chasing after everybody. Um, but it's cute. The animation's actually pretty well done. It's by the same people that did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Um, so, you know, you got your broad chest, but your skinny legs and skinny arms. Right. Kind of a big face. Kind of, they, all, they all miss leg. They all skip leg day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, uh, no, it's cute though. It's, it's actually a lot funnier. I was expecting. Yeah. Um, I actually laughed, you know, several times in this. I was like, that's actually pretty funny. Um, but no, it's, it's cute. Kids will like it. If you haven't, if you uh, if your kids haven't watched it and um, you're looking for something for them to watch because theaters are closed, um, go to Redbox. It's it's definitely worth uh, the Redbox rental. Um, I already have a feeling I'll probably end up having to buy this um, whenever it goes for like ten dollars on on iTunes so Grayson can watch it because she really enjoyed it. Yeah. So yeah, definitely watch that. So. From two, you know, two actually three movies that I recommend. Allow me to not recommend one that I ended up watching. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I saw your not Scientology movie that I was kind of still hoping it was Scientology movie. Yeah. I watched Gemini Man, <sighs> and I texted you about Gemini Man because yeah. I had thoughts on it so much so that I texted you late enough that I remember that I had to realize that I had to be up <laughs> in five hours. I was still. Right distraught from watching i was like i have so many thoughts <laughs> i'm like what in the hell i want to see if i can actually come back and find those text messages real quick um i saw gemini man a not as good um a not as good uh will smith movie um so <sighs> um so my exact uh what i text you was um gemini gemini man equals weirdest dumbest movie um wtf is clive owen doing in this movie so i have no idea why clive owen was in this movie he looked like he was trying to go as a humphrey bogart cosplay because he had the hair he's getting the wrinkles i don't know when that happened (laughs) um and he doesn't do a lot like there's nothing much for him to do in this film they seriously could have just got someone like some character actor just to do it or someone that probably didn't cost as much. True. Um, yeah, they didn't really, he wasn't, 
the dialogue was crap. Was <laughs> let me rephrase. The dialogue was crap. Um, York probably wrote the screenplay. I mean, it just didn't. It just was dopey. It just the script was so dopey. The characters didn't have much to do. Like they were very cardboard cutout. It's just, yeah. It was just like they spent more on the special effects of de-aging Will Smith that they didn't focus on. I don't know the actual story or the script, you know, or the script. They're like, just show up and read lines. We don't really care what you do. Right. Um. I I my exact thought was he seriously could be played by quote some dude, just in quote. Um. Yeah. And right when you didn't think that. Um, fame director Ang Lee can make a worse movie than Hulk, the original Hulk movie with Eric Bana and Nick Nolte. Um, along comes Gemini Man. He's like, no, I got this. <laughs> and it has now toppled Hulk, which I honestly didn't wasn't sure was a feat that he could do. Um, but no, he, he, he sure did it. Um, so, basically, if you haven't seen this movie, Will Smith plays to Will Smith. <laughs> and he uh, he basically somehow genetically they you know they did some sort of science genetic stuff and took Will Smith's DNA and made clones more or less yeah. of Will Smith who's an assassin and um, so there's a younger Will Smith like six, de- six degrees of separation Will Smith <laughs> Oh yeah. I don't yeah. mean that way, but I mean that's what he looks. That's, that's what he looks what he like, like. Yeah. He looks yeah. like 1990, whatever. It might have been 93. Um, six degrees of separation. Uh, Will Smith and this. And then he's supposed to be younger, faster, and a better assassin than older Will Smith. Um, I'm assuming Mary Elizabeth Winstead got had a contractual operation obligations to be in this movie um i'm guessing i don't know because she's in it and she doesn't have she probably is the most i don't know she probably does the most in this movie with her character (laughs) even though she had doesn't still have much to do she helps with figuring out the technology and understanding trying to figure understand what's going on with this company that's cloned him and all that yeah, but it's um, hmm. oh, David Beninoff um, wrote screenplay along with four others, and there we go. <laughs> Here is the problem. So, too many chefs. <laughs> yep, too many ideas. Plus, Angley probably switching up shit on the fly. Um, how great would have would it have been if John Woo would have come back? I haven't seen anything John Woo has done in two decades. This would have been better if John Woo would have just done an homage to his 90s John Woo movies with this movie. Was, was his last one Mission Impossible? Well, as far as, as, far as, as I guess, American as movies. Ones? Either that yeah. or, uh, it was either that or Wind Talkers. Um, let's see here. We're about to deviate for just a second because... I need to know. Why is he not? Co- <laughs> oh, because I spelled John wrong. I was reading some of the trivia. It said the original script was actually written for Clint Eastwood. 
How the... <laughs> you know, with that. If you're going to do that, just have Quinn Eastwood... If you're going to do that, just have Quinn Eastwood... Uh, when he's talking it. to the chair. Where he's talking to the chair and just put a younger version of himself sitting in the chair. There you go. <laughs> uh, um, since John Woo's last credit was in 2017 for a movie called Manhunt. Um, did The Crossing, The Crossing 2. He's still doing mostly um, Asian films. He did Red Cliff in 2008 and then a sequel in 2009. Um, and then Paycheck in 2003. Was probably with uh, Ben Affleck. It was okay. probably his last one. When When Talkers was in O2 and Mission Impossible 2, of course, was in 2000. Um, yeah, it's like all all it was this movie could have used was his little gun kata stuff, you know, with everything, and then um, put That's some dubs, put some dubs in there somewhere, and yeah. he's yeah. Go, you know, with younger Will Smith, you know, popping out with the dubs because you know, rebirth and all that. There you go. Have the you know, have the motorcycle scene. He comes off of a, a big hill, jumps, then does, the and then the birds <laughs> and doves are flying too, in the form of wings. In the form of wings across his back. We've instantaneously made this film better. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody has our opinion though. But we've instantaneously made this film better. And then Nicholas uh, Cage was attached to it also. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, let's see. It said from 2003 to 2010, Nicolas Cage was attached to the project. Um, and it was finally due to go into production in 2008, but Cage convinced Jerry Bruckheimer to work on The Sorcerer's Apprentice instead in 2010. That came out in 2010. This movie would have been a lot better had it come out between 2003 and 2010, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the effects wouldn't have been there, but that's okay. Um, Probably would focus on the story then. It. The story would have fit better with the time. I don't want to say with the times. The I wonder how many rewrites the script went through. Mm-hmm. Because it, I mean, I'm just saying because it had. To, I mean, if you had that script for, I mean, hell, it came out. Did it come out this year or last year? I can't even remember. It was last year. Okay. Um. So, still, you had 15 years, give or take. I mean, it's, I'm just saying. Yeah, they had a lot of time to clean it to up. To improve it. All they yeah. did, and the problem was, I, I, I'd like to see the original script and then see the final script and see how right. much it's changed. Because I'd be curious to see how much better it would have been with just the original before a rewrite or multiple rewrites. Or if it just had one screenwriter and then... It's been handed down, and everybody gets a screenwriting credit, even you know, for a draft that they've done. Right, and apparently Johnny Depp turned this down in 2012. How is Johnny Depp turning this? When did he make the tourist instead? He <laughs> just said he turned it down in 2012. Decided wow. to make another pirates movie instead because Lord knows when we we need more of those. Yeah. Oh uh, my God, I, dude. I I mean, and I've not talked about this on our show yet, but I talked about it with you after we got done recording. Mm-hmm. When I went on a small little rant about black and blue when I watched it. Yeah. And about how I, I didn't hate the movie. I hated a lot of parts of the movie because right. I just had so many just things that just made me so mad about that movie in the sense of the story, not of the subject matter, but just of the story of, 
if this is a rookie cop, but yet she served, you know, she's like some like special forces or whatever person that served in the military, but that doesn't get brought up until almost halfway through the movie. But also she's a rookie cop and she's acting like a rookie cop. And they're trying to preach to her about being in the right mindset. I'm like, well, if she's an army veteran. <laughs> she's already should have a, you know, kind of a soldier, you know, soldier, at least a soldier's mindset, if right. not an officer's mindset. It was just, I had just so many. And then, I don't know. I just, I just, I just did not like that. <laughs> the movie just made me so mad on so many different ways. Yeah. And I don't know what Tyrese was doing. Uh, Bless him. Um, that, getting that in between Fast and Furious check. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, that was probably during Hobbs and Shaw time. Yeah, <laughs> that was his I Hobbs and so. Shaw hiatus. Or, yeah. uh, but um, so yeah, um, watch Spies in Disguise. Don't watch Gemini Man. There we go. And sadly, if it had been a Scientology um, metaphor. I probably would have liked it better because they could have worked that in. I've been like, oh, there it is. Yeah. No, I was disappointed. I was really kind of hoping. So I lost that one. Um, also watch Bad Boys for Life instead of Gemini Man. There you go. There's two Will Smith movies you could watch instead of that one. True. <laughs> Unless you just want to sit and mock it. And um, if it comes to Netflix, we will do that. <laughs> We're getting... Yeah. So that'd be a good one for us to uh, laugh and mock. I need to check on our on our poll. If you haven't gone to our website or gone to our Facebook group page and voted for our for voted for the movies to watch, uh, what movie to watch for our first watch party, please go and do that. Um, it was hard to narrow down which ones to do um, and try and do it. Un- well, it was hard to narrow down movies under two hours. Yeah. To do a watch party for so. Um, these are the ones we came up with. I'm not trying to influence anybody, but I still think Hurricane Heist would be the most fun to watch. But I'm all for watching any of the, any of the selected movies that we have on there. So yeah. Um, okay, real quick. Um, I will also. Um, so Jim and I Man was 99 cents on iTunes. I'm okay with that. If I had paid more than that, I probably would have been mad. <laughs> um, <That'd> be fun. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, lastly, Charlie's Angels, uh, the newest one. So, so many questions about this. Well, not as many. I go. I will go ahead. I will go ahead and say, watch Charlie's Angels. Don't watch Gemini Man, <laughs> <laughs> because at least this had some some humor in it. Um, this is the Kristen Stewart. Um, led um movie this is i think my second Kristen stewart movie that i've watched this year maybe third i need to go back and check yeah. um i know you've watched i think four now because you watched seaberg and i haven't watched that one yet yeah and then under underwater, underwater seaberg there's like one more there was one more and then charlie's angels hmm. well yeah um so, anyways, basically, there's a thing, you know, because there's always a thing. Yeah. Uh, just like in Spies in Disguise, Charlie's Angels had a thing. Um, <laughs> and a hacker that needed to be taken out. So, the, so uh, Kristen Stewart's character and Nate, uh, 
Ella Bolinska uh, go to rescue uh, the hacker, played by Naomi Scott, who I had to look up because I'm like, she looks really familiar. Yeah, yeah, she's Jasmine and Aladdin. (laughs) So I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I recognize her. Except I really don't because she had short hair in this movie. Um, And less less makeup. Um, Her outfit's definitely different. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Banks is in this. She also co-wrote and directed this this movie. <clears throat> so it's... I started off not liking this movie for the first yeah. probably 30 minutes. I was just like... <sighs> There's just a lot of tropes that, I'm, that are kind of worn out. Yeah. But as the movie progressed, it got more entertaining. And then I kind of learned that that's being used... I don't think it's being used to kind of mock, but I think it's to kind of just, they're like, yeah, we, we know that these are kind of, kind of worn out, but we're also kind of showing you how <clears throat> we're trying to update it, I guess, right. as you put it. <clears throat> Again, it's not the worst one. Um, I'm not, I only liked the first Charlie's Angels movie a little bit. Um, I didn't really like the second one that I can remember. Because I could barely remember, so I guess I didn't like it as much. And I had really no interest in watching this one, but again, it was 99 cents on iTunes, so yeah, I figured why, you know, why not? Um, everybody has problems with uh, the fact that Kristen Stewart doesn't emote. Um, this is a movie. If you actually need proof, um, that's all she does. She is a bit much. Uh, she's like <laughs> I know people tell me I'm extra. Um, she's. That's me, I guess, is what probably... I'm thinking that's what people think I'm like, is Kristen Stewart in this movie. Very just kind of extra and a little bit much. Um, but yet still useful, you know, much like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was better than I thought. It's an action movie. It's got some humor. Patrick Stewart's in it. Sam Claffin's in it. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, for 99 cents, why not? When it comes on Netflix or Hulu, definitely watch it. It's a good streaming movie, for sure. Yeah. All right, I'm done. It's all you. Take it away, please. All right. right. So I had six movies that I was going to plan to choose from. And the two movies that I picked weren't even on the list. So the first movie... Yeah, I didn't haven't watched them yet, but I got to watch. Um, so first movie I watched is Overdrive. It's on Hulu. Uh, it's basically another Fast and Furious knockoff. Like when I watched Fast and Furious, this might be slightly better only because, you know, it, it looks like it had better, had more money to work with, but, um, oh, yeah. acting, the acting is still kind of subpar, <laughs> but, um, so this is a movie that came out three years ago. August uh, 2017, and it only had a UK and a France release. Um, it's 93 minutes long, so it's relatively short. The director's Antonio Negret. Now, one thing that was kind of misleading, the trailer I watched on Hulu said, which was correct, it was two writers from Fast and Furious, but it said the director of Taken. So I did looked up the credits for the director. I didn't see Taken on there at all. So I don't know if... There was the director from Taken that was originally supposed to, and then this guy came in and took over. Oh, that's not, that's interesting. Be. Yeah, so I'm I'm not sure. Um, so the budget 
is in euros, so it was 24 million in euros, and then in US it's 27 million. That was the budget. But the box office, strangely enough, is in US dollars, 9.7 million. Uh, Starring Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son. (laughs) Uh, Freddie (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Freddie Thorpe, Anna de Armas, and Gaia Weiss. So basically it's about two brothers that are needing to save themselves from being killed by agreeing or offering to steal a rare Ferrari to sell or settle the dispute that caused them to be in that position. Um, this film takes place in Marcel's France. At the beginning of the movie, we're shown an auction where a rare Bugatti is purchased and the buyers plan to transport it to the owner. So the brothers are Andrew and Garrett. So they plan to steal this vehicle during his transport and by stealing they're going to try to break into the back of an 18-wheeler to drive it out and the scene that they set up is pretty much kind of like fast and furious um you know brothers start off on a bridge uh the i guess the younger of the two is in a sports car scott eastwood he's on the bridge waiting for the the truck to come so he jumps over and i guess his harness he releases it and lands on the truck of course making a lot of noise but it's, it's not really an intense scene, so to speak. Um, but long story short, they succeed, get the vehicle, and they end up celebrating, which is where we're introduced. Well, the intro to the movie is kind of a Fast and Furious style intro, showing off various sports cars. And, you know, it looked pretty cool. That's probably like the, the best, I guess, compared to Fast and Furious in this one, they had better looking cars. Um, so after they've stolen the vehicle they celebrate later in the evening where we introduced to andrew's girlfriend who's upset that you know they decided to steal the vehicle without having her there they just left her and she tells them you know they're a team so she's if she's going to be a part of it she wants to be all in um after that the brothers attempt to sell the vehicle to a buyer and even though the buyer does appreciate them stealing the vehicle he doesn't agree with who they stole it from Um, because it would cause future problems. And the buyer is, um, let's see, his name, his last name is Morier. So the person at the beginning that bought the car through the auction somehow tracks them down. I don't know how. Um, And then Morier's other group, they kidnap the guys, take them to his place, and he basically talks to them about, you know, how much he doesn't appreciate them stealing his vehicle. And... He was going to kill him, but instead he kills one of his goons. You know, like, why? I don't know. I guess just to show, like, hey, this guy works for me. I'll take him out, so that means I'll kill you. But after that, he shows him his car collection. I don't know why. Um, so Andrew figures out who he is, what, how, you know, how big, how big of a deal it is that the situation they're in. And he does finally try to kill him. But Garrett mentions the name Max Klimp. Turns turns out that Max Klimp is Morier's rival. Okay. So Andrew gives the rundown of who Klimp is, and they learn that they're rivals. So they offer to steal Klimp's rare Ferrari 250 GTO and um, as a way to make it up for stealing the Bugatti. Uh, Morier reluctantly agrees, but he only gives them a week. So they have a week to do this. Hmm. So they put together a team, which are the brothers and includes Andrew's girlfriend and her friend, Devin. 
And then to make sure things go as they should, Morier's cousin, Laurent, is placed to keep an eye on them. Um, so along with having to keep, you know, make things go smoothly with Laurent being around, they also have two Interpol agents that are keeping an eye on them because apparently the, bu- the brothers have built a reputation for their car thieving antics. Um, so the thing is they have to find a way to, I guess, get in Klimt's good graces to try to work for him. And one way to do it, uh, someone tells them they have to prevent a plane from taking off. And at the end, it just happens to be one of Klimt's planes and the pilot. Like they were all had this set up somehow knowing that they Mm -hmm. were coming. But, um, so they do that. They're talking to Klimt. He tells them he appreciates their, I guess their compliments, their strength and their achievement but makes a comment that his pilot is weak and he takes the pilot out and way he does it, I guess puts, he, all they do is show the pilot in a barrel and he puts the cover on the barrel. But, um, so they decide to work together. Um, there's a, there's a lot going on in this movie, probably more than it really <laughs> should be. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot of different plot with twists. Um, the uh, driving sequences don't seem as fast as they should, so it's not fast and furious style, but it does make an attempt to be. Um, uh, I would say if this movie had been on Netflix instead of Hulu, this yeah. would have been a good movie to put in the in the in the poll. <clears throat> say, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think this movie deserves to be riffed on. <laughs> okay. Even though I, you know, I did enjoy it. I just enjoyed it for the, the yeah. part of the reasons that they. Didn't want um, Scott Eastwood acting is not great. Anna Diarmas, who we saw in uh, Knives Out, yep, she doesn't really do well. I mean, I get, I mean, they don't, they don't really give them a lot to do, to, do. To, yeah. to, to show, you know, character range and everything. But um, one thing, there's a portion toward the chase scene at the end. Andrew, while being chased, decides to stop, propose to his girlfriend. Like, takes time to propose. But of course, she says yes, but I was like, you don't have time for this. <laughs> you know, you got to right. you gotta get out. Um, like, I almost want to just spoil the movie. <laughs> but it's just not, it's, it, I wouldn't recommend anybody watch it unless you plan on riffing unless on it. Unless we do that. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just a lot going on that it's too much, but <laughs> right. uh, it, it was a better attempt than Fast and Furious. There we I'll go. I'll say that. It, it, it at least did better than that. Watch this, um, not Fast and Fierce. <laughs> yeah, if if you must. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, so, the next movie that I watched is called The Banker. It's on Apple TV. It's one of the movies they have in for free because of everything that's going on. And I guess you can say this is kind of like a, a bit of a Marvel team-up because you got okay. Anthony Mackie, Samuel Jackson and Nicholas Holt. So you got Falcon, Nick Fury, and Beast. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so this movie came out. Um, it had a limited theater release March sixth of this year, and then it came to Apple TV on March twentieth. It's two hours yeah. long. Two hours long. Uh, the director is George Nolfi, and it had a budget of eleven million. Um, even though it had limited release, there's no information on its box office earnings. So again, you have Anthony Mackie, Nicholas Holt, Neil Long, uh, Jesse T. Usher, who's in a smaller role, and Samuel L. Jackson. 
Uh, this is the story of Joe Morris and Bernard S. Garrett, two of the first African-American bankers in the U.S. Uh, the movie was originally set to release at the AFI Fest in November 21st of 2019, mm-hmm. with a theatrical release set for December, but it was postponed a day before its premiere due to sexual abuse allegations against Bernard Garrett Jr., who's the son of the act of the of uh, Garrett Sr. that's being portrayed in this movie. But mm-hmm. uh, Garrett Jr. was also a co-producer, but because of these allegations, his credit was removed. And the allegations came from his uh, half-sisters. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of controversy around this movie. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but as far as the movie goes, <clears throat> they show uh, Bernard Garrett as a kid who's working as a shoe signer outside of a bank in his hometown of uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, he would occasionally hear, overhear the bankers discuss real estate, and he would take notes. Uh, he kind of had to think for numbers. He was smart when it came to math. And then he develops interest in the uh, business of real estate. Uh, as an adult, he started a company, but he saw no way of making it big in Houston. So decides to uh, take the money saved and move his family to Los Angeles, California, to try his hand at real estate there. And uh, they temporarily have to live with his wife's uncle. So <clears throat> he's looking to invest in the building in hopes of cornering a market, an untapped market of wealthy black citizens. So he has the money to buy the building, but it's not enough to cover the needed renovation. So his wife introduces and suggests he meet her old friend, Joe, who owns a club called Plantation Club and to be a co-investor. Needless to say, this meeting falls flat and he decides not to work with him. Yeah, um, I think I'd want to. <laughs> I think I'd be like, can we? think of a different place to meet that just doesn't yeah. i mean it's basically just like a jazz club yeah but <sighs> but it's weird because when in the meal and when he comes when they come into the club you know she calls out his name and he's like oh Eunice, you, you've <laughs> <laughs> sorry i couldn't i couldn't help myself <laughs> um you know so joe uh so Neil Long was playing eunice and uh, so she goes in the club in the club she calls his name out and he's like oh eunice you've come back to me i'm like come back what did she do before <laughs> Right. Um, but anyway, basically the way Joe talks to Bernard, he's like, nah, I can't do business with this guy, you know, because I don't know what the history is of y'all yeah. and, you know, what he's doing. He's like, nah, he's a, what do you call it? He called him a degenerate. <laughs> he's like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> um, so the building that he's attempting to buy is owned by Barker and Associates. So he's trying to negotiate the price down. They're wanting 40000 for it. But um, because of the renovations, he's trying to do like thirty-five or thirty thousand, so he can cover the cost of what it'll take to build it up. And he's not able to get the price down. So what he tries to do is go through the back door. He goes to a banker and tries to weasel, tries to I guess um, he uses Barker's name to try to get a loan, which that doesn't work either. Yeah. So Barker calls him and says. Hey, you know, did you try to use my name to get a loan from this banker? And he's like, yeah. So do you think that's a good business practices? You know, eventually like, yeah, no, it's not. It wasn't good business practice. But, you know, I was trying to do what I had to do to get this money so I can buy this building. So Barker decides, well, OK, I see that you're serious about what you're doing. You are good with the numbers. And because you were willing to go those lengths 
to get this done, I can I'll take you serious. So they do like a verbal agreement on. Well, they do an agreement to buy the the building he's looking for, but then later Barker's like, "Hey, I could use you to get these other buildings I'm trying to get, but I have to be the one to sign because they're not because Bar uh, Bernard, black male in California trying to buy buildings, Barker's white male. It's like I can sign the deal. They'll go for me if I'm the face. So they make that verbal agreement. Things are cool. Problem is, Barker dies." completely negating everything that they've talked about. So um, he has to go a different way. So he tries again to go to this banker to, you know, make another loan or figure something out. Right. And he gets this idea. It's like, okay, we got this big building in California and inside this building are all the bankers. So they come up with this uh, scheme to just buy the building. And that way they own the banks that's inside because the bankers are now tenants. All these banks are tenants. But the problem is you have Joe and Bernard, two black men trying to buy the building. There's no way they're going to sell it to them because they can't even go into the bank unless they're yeah. like a chauffeur or a janitor. So um, Bernard's cousin, played by Jesse T. Usher, has a friend that he works with, played by Nicholas Holt. And so they decide to use him to be the face of the company to try to buy this banker building. But the thing is, he's not, he's like not as as um, experienced as they are and everything. So they have to get him ready within a month. They have a month, 30 days to get him ready. Um, Bernard has to teach him how to do the math. And Joe <laughs> tries to teach him how to play golf because they're going to use golf as a way to talk to yep. the banker owner. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they, they're successful in this. And, you know, while I was watching the movie, I was like, man, just everything seems to be just going their way. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, what's going to be the the thing that throws everything off? But um, uh, I don't want to re- I don't want to talk more because I don't want to spoil the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is based on true events. Right. But uh, I don't want to spoil too much more. But they do show in the trailer. That's that's basically their, their scheme. We get him ready. He's the face of the company. And then, boom, we'll get this banker building. The problem is um, Bernard is from Texas. Mm-hmm. So they try to use this same scheme to buy a bank in Texas. This is during Jim Crow era, Texas. Uh, uh, this movie takes place during the 60s. Yeah. And um, so I'll just say that is the that turning point of where things start to go, okay. go against them. But overall, like performances were good. Um Strong performances from like Anthony Mackie. I was worried because after watching him in um, The Hate You Give, like yeah. I just didn't buy him as a drug lord. And so going into this, okay. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I still, I hope I don't still see Falcon Anthony Mackie. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, he, he he did a decent job coming across as this real math uh, smart individual, great with numbers. Right. And um, you know, Sam Jackson to me. Even though he's playing someone else, it just felt like Nick Fury. Right. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. You know, recruiting everybody. But um Nicholas Holt did a great job. Um it was it, it kind of reminded me of um Black Klansman, where gotcha. they're trying to infiltrate the Klansman, so they use Adam Driver to go in to play yeah. uh David Washington's character. Mm-hmm. And in this one, you have Nicholas Holt portraying both um Samuel Jackson, Anthony Mackie's character, just to 
help them do right. what they need to do. But um, it was over. I, I do say I do recommend watching it. There is controversy around it to the point where there were ex-wives of Garrett Senior coming forward saying that the movie is inaccurate and that um, you know because of these allegations towards his son, they felt the movie should be pulled. But um, you know, Apple TV said their information came more from interviews that Garrett had, not mm-hmm. really like the son's account of what happened. So they right. pulled in. They pulled, I guess they they pulled information, factual information from interviews and other documented things that are factual. So it's more just about the scenario of how they went about getting the banks in the yeah. building. And, you know, at that time it was illegal because, you know, with them being black, right. they couldn't do it. And when, you know, but overall great performances from everyone, man, it was nice seeing the along in another movie. Yep. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because this movie also, you know, they takes place in the sixties and they like wearing, you know, those fedora hats or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, and the director, uh, George, uh, Nolfi also directed, uh, he also directed the adjustment bureau with Matt Damon and Emily Blunt in which it's a movie where guys are walking around with the same hats. Yeah, like it was kind of the running joke of that movie was that of that movie was just that you know it's men in hats running around chasing each other. So yeah, I always found that kind of humorous, and that's just how I remember it now. You know, men in hats running around chasing, <laughs> chasing yeah. after each other. Like it's just surprising, you know. Emily Blunt wasn't also wearing a hat too, <laughs> but but apparently this is where <clears throat> this little piece, little nugget of trivia. <clears throat> Matt Damon was um, friends with John Krasinski and uh, John Krasinski, uh, you know, so during the filming of the Adjustment Bureau, that's where Matt Damon introduced Emily, Bunt, Emily Blunt to John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. And that's how they started dating and then eventually got married. So there uh, you go. Here we go. <laughs> I think Matt Damon is still married to a school teacher, which I still think is awesome. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. But yeah, so it's that's my little tidbit. So I just found it humorous that the cover of this movie is the two guys wearing hats. It's like that's just weird. Point. One thing that stood out: Anthony Mackie's suit just seemed a lot bigger than him. Like it was real right. loose and baggy. Yeah. But um, you know, um, Sam Jackson's character grew up rich. You know, so he's kind of had, I guess, more privileges right. based on everybody, people he knew. And then Anthony Mackie grew up kind of poor, but then built himself up. Yeah. And then, you know, come together to make this happen. But they just went a little too far trying to get that bank in Texas. Yeah, looks like it. Yeah. Well, it sounds good, man. That sounds like one I need to try and check out. Um, yeah. Because <clears throat> I hear performances were really good in it. And that yeah. it's, uh, it's worth watching for that, if nothing else. Um, so, yeah, trailers. Um <clears throat> Just gonna run through them real quick um, before we go. So the official trailer for the Hamilton—I don't want to say movie—the broad, it's the film version of the Broadway production of Hamilton. It's not, it's not a Broadway show turned into a film. It's just the Broadway show filmed. There we go. 
Okay. It's not like they took Sweeney. It's not like when they took Sweeney Todd, a Broadway musical, and made it into a movie. It would be if they just filmed it's Sweeney like Todd. A, it's more like an inspiration. Stage. Like, hey, this is here's a play. We're just going to yeah, make this a This is movie. just literally just the musical filmed. Okay. <laughs> it's just, they just, um, and it'll be out July 3rd on Disney+. Plus. Um, next is a new trailer for The King's Man, because apparently they really needed a third Kingsman movie. I guess so they get that trilogy uh, title. This is like a prequel, right? Yes. Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Gemma Arterton, uh, Daniel Brühl, uh, Matthew Good, Ray Fiennes, Stanley Tucci, Charles Dance, Tom Hollander. There's Dijamon Hansu, who was also in Charlie's Angels. Uh, Reese Fonz, um, yeah, like there's a ton of people in this, but it does, it's the Kingsman through various different times, I guess. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about this movie, but check out the new trailer. See what you think. Just let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, then coming to Hulu is the. Uh, Andy Samberg movie Palm Springs coming out July 10th. It's a uh, new take on on like a time traveling movie uh, when Carefree Niles and reluctant maid of honor Sarah have a chance to encounter a Palm Springs wedding. Things get complicated as they are un- unable to escape the venue themselves or each other. So it's basically like Groundhog's Day. Okay. So that's how it's more or less. Um, so it's a Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti, who was in the Wolf of Wall Street, Fargo TV show, uh, Black Mirror. I'm trying to remember why I know her from. What I was, no activity, a bunch of TV show stuff. Mindy Project, season. I've seen her in something. Oh, How I Met Your Mother. She played Tracy McConnell. That's not how I know her. I think she's also Broadway, too. I think she did a lot of work on Broadway, also. I can't remember what from. That bugs me. Um, oh, that's going to bug me. Anyways, J.K. Simmons, Peter Gallagher. Um, I think that's all that's in that one. And then, um, let's see here. What's next on my list here? Oh, there's a new Candyman trailer. It's done with like paper puppets so i guess somebody in quarantine had some time to kill so they used uh use like you know the little paper silhouette type things yeah and made a trailer so check that out um and then a film called a documentary called athlete a it's gonna be a netflix documentary uh, follows the indianapolis star uh, reporters that broke the story about USA Gymnastics doctor Larry Nasser's abuse um, and hear from the gymnast like Maggie Nichols. So it uh, looks like that's coming out this Wednesday. And then lastly, uh, there was a movie, I forgot, I can't find it, of course, called The Rental, which um, is directed by directed and co-written by Dave Franco. Yes, that Dave Franco. Um, 
Two couples rent a vacation home for what should be a celebratory weekend getaway. Because, you know, nothing ever goes wrong on those, right? Right. (laughs) Um, Allison Bree, Toby Huss, Dan Stevens. uh, And, yeah. Giovanni Riddler, I guess. Um, So that will be... I like it. I looked for a release date, and it says completed, and then in parentheses, not yet screened. So um, I'm not sure that's they're trying to. I guess they're going to try and get that one out in theaters. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So you know, whatever. Um, so there we are. I think that's it, buddy. All right. We uh, we covered a lot. Yeah. I sorry, I covered a lot. <laughs> I covered a lot in quantity. You covered a lot in quality. I don't know about overdrive. No. Yeah, it, it, I guess it could squeak in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's better than Gemini um, Man. <laughs> F that movie, dude. Uh, so much money on special effects, so little money on everything else. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. Oh, I did see uh, something I found fairly humorous um and it's good to see this kind of refreshing honesty <laughs> so when asked uh when Isaac, oscar isaac was asked if he'd do another star wars movie his exact words were mm-hmm. i don't know if i need another house or or a car or if i need another house or something like that i guess i would <laughs> wow. Not, no i'd love to no if i need another house i think he was being humorous or at least meant to be humorous yeah because i didn't watch a video of it. i watched and you know, i just read it and i thought that was really hilarious i'm like yep that should be that would be my probably after three movies you know i think i'm good too you know be like yeah i think i'm good yeah so time to move on <laughs> i guess he said anybody else interested hey you at least buy be able to buy a house and a car so right <laughs> yeah exactly like, yeah, i need a second house i'm like oh must be tough but no <laughs> You know, there's a movie, if uh, anybody's interested, and this will be my weekly, re- this will be my recommendation. There's a movie called Inside Lou and Davis. It's a Coen Brothers movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the first time I'd ever, um, I'd ever heard of Oscar Isaac. I hadn't really, he was kind of, at least unknown to me. Um, but it's a, it's a quirky kind of movie. Um, yeah, Coen Brothers. Um, basically it's a week in the life of a young singer as he navigates the Greenwich Village folk scene during 1961. It's got him, uh, Carrie Mulligan, John Goodman, Garrett Hedlund, JT, Justin Timberlake, which he, his scene is awesome. Just cracks yeah. me up. Max Casella and, uh, and then Kylo Ren himself, uh, Adam Driver. So there's a scene where it's Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver and Justin Timberlake singing a um, singing a basically an anti-war song. It's kind of a folky <laughs> anti-war song. It's really funny, actually. Yeah. And I just I laugh every time I I, I, I watch that that bit. It's a but it's a it's a lot. It's kind of quir- it's quirky because it's Coen Brothers, but it's fun and there's actually pretty good music in it. And he actually has a good voice, so. Hmm. Um, that was from 2013. It's only like an hour and 44 minutes long, but um, 
no, I'd, I'd rec- you know, that's a good Oscar Isaac movie. Um, so I'll throw that out there. Um, I think it's it's on oh it's on Amazon Prime right now. So, okay. cool. uh, boom, there you go. There's my recommendation. Uh, and I think that's it. I think that's all I got, man. Um, let's see. Oh, um, if you haven't voted on the poll for what movie to watch for for the watch party, um, time and date to be determined. We want to kind of get the movie picked first, and then we'll kind of settle on a. It'll probably be a Saturday or Sunday night. Um, yeah. Probably around eight-ish, I guess. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll get that planned out and then we'll get on it. So, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, from what I understand, you'll be able to, you know, be like a chat box on the side and as everybody watches the movie together, so we can all, you know, kind of make riffs and comments and different things and ask questions. Um, and maybe I'll do some, not maybe I'll do some homework ahead of time and try and find out some trivia about whatever movie we decide. So I could kind of interject that throughout the movie. Um, So it'll be like a uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 slash pop-up video uh, (laughs) kind of thing. So um, I'm looking forward to it because I think it'll be a lot of fun, and I hope uh, we get several different, some of our listeners and followers to uh, jump in on that with us because I think it'll be a good time. Um, I think that's it. Um, Yeah, I think I'm good if you're good. Also, uh, soon we'll be... We've got a couple of, uh, at least one episode for sure, that we've got uh, scheduled to release as a uh, banked episode, a themed episode, because we haven't done a themed episode in a while. Um, We're going to end up doing a video game movie episode where we talk about movies based on video games. And I've lined up one of my favorite people, um, one of my best friends that I've known since I moved to Missouri. to join us because he's owned every single console that I can think of known to man. So I uh, figure what better person to have on. Plus he loves movies also. So it was, it was like a no brainer. Yeah. So, all right, man. Um, I guess, uh, I guess that's it. So look forward to that and, and um, please vote on that and please rate and review us on, on your listening, wherever you listen, because that'll help us out a lot you know, algorithms and stuff. Um, right. And uh, recommend, too. If you like this, recommend somebody to listen to. Um, uh, I guess the most, one of the best reviews I've gotten for our show, Patrick, was this week from a, one of our co-workers who, um, who listened to us that, uh, who listened to us and said that it helped keep him awake. So thank you. Uh, All right. Thanks, Super Mike. Um, I appreciate you, buddy. Um he, uh, that was the best compliment. I was like, oh, usually, you know, it's glad to see the help keep somebody awake instead of doing the opposite. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, with that glowing recommendation, <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll sign off. I'm your host, Jeff Hall. And of course, with me, my buddy, Patrick Terry. All right, everybody. Have a good week. Later. Later.